The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Ryan, you walked in and you were walking into my my Snoop Dogg playlist. I know. Did you I enjoy was, that? I, was, I did enjoy that. It was a. I, I thought it was a. I thought you put it on for me because I felt like it was a, a strong strong walking music that you. Gave I just me. wanted music to portray who I really am, <laughs> and uh, felt like you were on the. You felt, like you were, felt like you were on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for for uh, sitting down with me again today and recording another podcast. It's been a it's been a little bit since we've done yeah. one together, uh, and so I'm I'm very much looking forward to this one. And so today it's really. It's, it's, we're going to talk about a, a really an interesting book by uh, a Ryan Holiday, which uh, it's already off to a great start. That's you can right. tell by his name. That's right. You uh, know and, he's sexy. <laughs> and the book is called Courage is Calling. Yeah. Uh, so C.S. Lewis said, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. So, Clay, get us into this book and, and help us understand what we're supposed to learn from it. You know, it. it's funny. I, I really debated, do we do a podcast on this topic? Because I don't know that there's a lot of specific practices that we take, but but really wanted to get into some principles because I, I do think we can extrapolate practices if we do this well. So, let's start with some history, you know. It, it, we were just doing a little rapping. So, <laughs> Hamilton, you know. Great, yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't know that our founding fathers rapped a lot. Yeah, I didn't realize that until recently. I know. So, so John Adams in 1776, when, when the country was being established, he wanted the official seal of the United States to be a symbol that's called Hercules at the Crossroads. I okay. don't know if you've ever heard of that. I, I have It tells this story of a beautiful goddess who meets Hercules at a crossroad and offers him a bunch of temptations. This okay. beautiful goddess says, follow me mm-hmm. and you'll have a life of, of ease and luxury. All your desires will be fulfilled. You'll get what you want, mm-hmm. right? And a more stern goddess dressed in white stood on the other path who made a quieter call for virtue, a life of sacrifice, scary moments, hard work, a long journey, Mm -hmm. but it would help him become the person he was meant to become. Okay. So so consider those choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I you, you follow people who win the lottery mm-hmm. and and immediately win this life of luxury and all your needs are always right. taken care of and everything and their lives become miserable. Yet that's what we seek. I mean, I And it happens time and time again. It's it's like I think I might follow the beautiful goddess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. So so Hercules um, you know, chooses virtue, which okay. in the ancient world it was comprised of four key elements: courage, okay. temperance, justice and wisdom. Okay. Right? And okay. he he made the right choice. And I you know, but obviously it's a crossroads that we often find ourselves at. We we always want ease, we want luxury, we want riches, we want these things that will make life easier. Mm-hmm. We tend to not want the things that will make life harder 
but also better. Okay. So so I'm reading right now a book, and I'm I'm almost done with it. Simon Sinek's book, uh, The Infinite Game, and in the very I think it's on the front cover mm-hmm. or or towards the beginning somewhere. There's a a I don't know if it's a poem. I think it's a poem, and it's it's called Victory or Fulfillment. So this is kind of the same question that Hercules faced. Okay. A signpost stands at a fork in the road. Pointing in one direction, the sign says victory. Pointing in another direction, the sign says fulfillment. Okay, so that's okay. the choice, victory yep. or fulfillment. We must pick a direction. Which one will we choose? If we choose the path to victory, the goal is to win. We will experience the thrill of competition as we rush toward the finish line. Crowds gather to cheer for us, and then it's over. And everyone goes home, and Mm -hmm. hopefully we can do it again. If we choose the path to fulfillment, the journey will be long. There will be times in which we must watch our step. There will be times we can stop to enjoy the view. We keep going. We keep going. Crowds gather to join us on the journey. And when our lives are over, those who joined us on the path to fulfillment will keep going without us and inspire others to join them too. Uh, That's 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 awesome. Because victory doesn't sound like a bad thing, (laughs) right? right? It's aren't aren't we competing? Aren't we? But we're really not. It's something different. Yeah, I I I love that. I I thought that was just a really neat way they ended it, and and I think it really helps us see more clearly. Um, what courage has to do with leadership and, yeah. and why we're really even talking about this. Yeah. So, so doing the right thing takes courage and, and leadership is all about doing the right thing. Uh, it seems like if we're going to talk about courage, though, we, we should talk about fear as well, right? Yeah. Go down the list of mm-hmm. just, just scroll right now through the podcast topics and point yeah. out the ones that don't take courage, <laughs> right? right? Accountability discussions, yeah. being vulnerable, uh, leading with trust. You can go on and on. Mm-hmm. And and some people just say, or they think they're just not courageous. Like, oh, I just wasn't born very courageous. Yeah. I'm not a courageous person. Let, let's go to Aristotle. So Aristotle said, we become builders by building and we become harpists by playing the harp. <laughs> Similar, similarly then, We become just by doing just actions, temperate by doing temperate actions, brave by doing brave actions. So you don't choose courage enough. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. You can't say I'm not courageous. You say I'm I'm, I'm not choosing courage. You take courageous actions. Yeah. So here, let me let me quote uh, another one. Alexander Solzhenitsyn. (laughs) Right. I I think I said it right. He's a Soviet dissident. And and I really like this quote. He said, from ancient times, a decline in courage has been considered the first symptom of the end. It's always been when we start to have the courage to do the right thing. I mean, the the opposite, you know, it has to be true as well, right? All the greatest moments in human history, all are stories of men and women who did what needed to be done in the face of fear. Hmm. People that said... If not me, then who? And if not now, when? <laughs> right. And I, you know, I hate to, I don't want to get too cynical here, but you think of our political leaders today. They lack the courage to do the right thing. A, a, an Abraham Lincoln would never yeah. survive today. Abraham Lincoln was willing to be so unpopular to do the right thing in trying to hold the country it, together. It feels it, like people are driven by fear right now instead yeah. of wanting to do the right thing. Or yeah, that's, and, and we do. We, yeah. you know, I... We're afraid of what people think. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not just our politicians. That's right. us. Right. That's us as leaders. So courage, yes, is directly related to fear. Courage requires kind of putting yourself on the line. I, I'd recommend, if you can, to go back and listen to the History of Ensign podcast. It's one of the ones that's internally. Mm-hmm. So you can get it through either through the Relias app right, or in the right. portal. Not the public site. But think of Christopher in a room full of people saying this won't work and many of them walk out and they're never coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think I, at that point, if I'm, you know, 30-year-old Christopher, I'm probably saying mm-hmm. maybe they're right. Like these people have more experience than mm-hmm. I do. I sometimes find myself in these situations where I want to stand up for something, mm-hmm. but most seem to be against me, and I just want to either be quiet or cave. Yeah, I can. Like, yeah, I, I, I and, and again, without courage, we won't do something great with this organization. Courageous people. So, to your question, you know, you say well, we need to talk about fear. Right. Courageous people have fear. It's their ability to rise above that fear that makes them so courageous. I, I, I really like that. And if I'm wrong here, Kathleen will definitely be the first one to let me know. So, I hope I'm going to get this right. But it reminds me of of the quote that I saw uh, in the book from Winston Churchill. Yeah, uh, it was to, him we misquoted that one. Yeah, time, right? it, oh, yeah. it was, and we, we definitely. She she caught it immediately. Um, So here it is. Uh, To each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they're figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. It's, that scares me. That yeah. I, have I been tapped on the shoulder? and I Because I know <laughs> there's been, been so ready. many times when I've lacked that courage. Yeah. Did, I, don't, yeah. I, I learned this. I, the most repeated phrase in the Bible mm-hmm. is, be not afraid. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, that really in, is. And, and, and you look at other classic works, you, Homer's yeah. Odyssey, have courage and don't be scared occurs over a dozen times. Be strong and of a good courage. And and so many other phrases are taught to us constantly. And and I think in order, we need to really differentiate that between being scared and mm-hmm. being afraid, hmm. right? So, yeah, so talk about that, yeah. being scared is like a temporary rush. Like I have this thing with my nine-year-old daughter. We love like hiding in places mm-hmm. and jumping out and <laughs> okay, trying to, okay. to scare you. Gotcha. That's a rush okay, of gotcha. feeling. That can be forgiven. Fear is a state of being. It's it's when we operate through fear, we allow um, it sort of rules our life, and that's sort of a disgrace for us, right? Mm. One one helps you, like it, <laughs> it tells you, you know, be alert. It's this sort of your your emotional intelligence, right? And it, it informs you of danger, right? But the other one drags you down, and it weakens you, and even paralyzes you, right? Like if a lion's chasing me, that being scared is probably a good, <laughs> good thing. thing. Yeah, it's going to yeah. teach me something that I should do. But operating in fear makes me never go on the safari. Yeah, right. No, that's I, I think that was a great, great clarification. Thank you. That, that was really helpful. So you're you're not saying to to not have a very natural emotion, which is that yeah. like, you know, the lion chasing you down and, and getting I can't scared tell you to not have that. It um, won't do anything. You'll still feel yeah, it. <laughs> you're just saying don't don't wallow in it and don't let it yeah. dictate your decisions. Don't let it the fear of that potential prevent you from going on the safari in the first place, to your point. Yeah. It's 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 you have that emotion for a reason. And and again, I, I Go back and either read the book EQ or go listen to the Mm -hmm, podcast mm -hmm. on emotional intelligence because learning to recognize those things are a really important part. Yeah. And and, well, speaking of that, why don't help us dig into why why this is a part of a leadership development podcast? You know, what what is a leader's job? And then eventually (laughs) decided, let's do it. Right. What, What is a leader's job when it comes to fear and courage? So think about this leaders 
become dealers in hope. Okay. <laughs> and and, like and compare this to, again, I'm, I'm always saying to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. that you really, I don't think you can be too vulnerable as a leader, but belief shines through. Yeah. It's really a hard thing to fake a, a, as a leader. As, as a leader, it's my job to help my team sort of attack that fear logically and clearly right, right. and empathetically, help them break down facts and, and figure out, is this something that we need to be afraid of? Okay. Um, hmm. I really think, and boy, the office teaches us this, I really <laughs> think one of the greatest fears a leader faces is what will people think of me? Again, why the office is so funny to me is because he struggles with it so much. I, yeah, I, when I I fully remember dealing with and struggling with that when I first was put into position of leadership, that was definitely something I, I had to I overcome. I still do. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I still <laughs> I, I, I care too much about what people think of me, and that yeah. thought almost paralyzes us from making hard decisions. Yeah, like I, I don't. Well, that's going to be so unpopular, and it right. skews our reality. But anyone who has ever accomplished anything great has usually done that by breaking away from the status quo. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, breaking away from how things have always been done with a lot of loud objections. I, I'm, I'm going really old with Aristotle <laughs> and, and now Cicero. Oh, yeah. Nice. Cicero said, let other people worry over what they will say about you. They will say it in any case. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah, matter. No, They're like going to say yeah, it anyway. Like so that, just, yeah. I would also add that the critics, they tend to not be, and I've discovered this is true. When yeah. I have the courage to stand up, mm-hmm. I find a lot more people also believe what I believe. Hmm. And you're not as alone as you think you are. That's a that's a, a good uh, thought and knowledge to keep with you. Yeah. Okay. I do think that we need to bring up something that we've talked about as, as uh, good according to Great by Choice. Um, and that's something that, uh, that, that I feel like I, I take to heart very well, which is productive paranoia. Yeah. Um, great by Choice teaches us that great leaders are always a little bit paranoid of what could happen. Uh, and it's that paranoia that keeps great leaders on their toes. So... Are you going against the principle of productive paranoia? No, I'm not. And good job with that alliteration. Thank the principle you. Thank of productive you. I, paranoia. I appreciate I that. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty impressed. And I've got a few more P's in there. Um, no, I, I'm absolutely not. And actually, I, it's one of the things that I really appreciate about uh, Barry as a leader. I, okay. I, I think he has a really healthy amount of productive paranoia that mm-hmm. that – Look, here's how I'll say it. Productive paranoia teaches us to cultivate the courage to actually look at things that scare us. Okay. that's the, And yeah. prepare us in a way to not be afraid of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so productive paranoia helps leaders foresee the worst so that they're not afraid of it and able to perform their best. Okay. It's it's not saying, hey, you should be afraid of all of these things. It, see, when fear is defined... You're no longer like that's when it can be defeated, right? That yeah. your 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 kid's monster in the closet, right? Look, it's just a jacket hanging. When that fear is defined, it can be defeated. Yeah, that makes sense because I it has that like anxiety feeling almost until it's de- defined. Like you have this just something giving you fear that you can't pinpoint and, and, and productive then try to paranoia tackle. just says go understand this thing a little look at it focus yeah, on it sense. fear that's, comes from not knowing this this is what military strategy teaches the the sooner the danger is faced the better okay so hmm. i mean think about i mean think about yeah. it from hitler's standpoint mm-hmm. had we faced that danger sooner the better things would have turned out so it's really not about being courageous or not it's about choosing <laughs> courage right or not. We've right. gotta we've gotta make sure we have that mental switch in our minds. It's it's agency. If if you hmm. think something is too scary, then it is for you. If you don't think you have any power, then you don't. 
if you aren't the captain of your fate, fate <laughs> will captain you, right? right. It, right. It, I see people that the building runs them instead yeah. of instead of them. Either we have the power to change our situations or at the, we're at the mercy of our situations. Oh. And the way I put it, we're either actors or we're acted upon, we're owners or we're victims. So I've heard you say before that many leaders are afraid to have high expectations. Don't you think that's true? Yeah. I think I, some I, yes, are afraid to set expectations. Yeah. And, and, and again, expectations and goals, they have to follow the Goldilocks rule. If, if they're too uh, small, they don't motivate us. If they're too big, they don't motivate us. It's something I see happen often is when somebody's not super comfortable at speaking publicly, like they'll, they'll get up there right away and say, They'll, they'll set low expectations so go yeah. right away and go, hey, this I'm, is going to be really bad. bad. I didn't have I'm a not, chance very to prepare. Right. And that's yeah. like Shame right, on you right, for right all of you line, that say that. <laughs> right yeah. in line with that, right? So like, here's the thing. They don't want to set the high expectation because they're afraid. <laughs> it can be scary to believe in things, yeah. to, to stand up for things. It's it's It was interesting. I learned in the book that the opposite of the Greek word for courage mm-hmm. isn't cowardice. I would have thought it's cowardice. It's apathy. The opposite of courage is apathy. It's not caring. It's disenchantment. It's despair. It's throwing your hands in the air and saying, what's the point? It doesn't even matter. Because if we don't believe in anything, it becomes really hard to find anything worth believing in. (laughs) Right? The saying is, stand for something or you'll fall for anything, right? And, And please don't buy the lie that you are a victim. You are not a victim. You are an owner. If you fear that there isn't anything you can do, chances are you will do nothing. And and, I mean, you think, well, the company's making me do my boss, my, if you put yourself in those situations in that mind frame, then you aren't going to accomplish anything. You'll become a protected, self-justifying nothing. Does that sound too cold? And no, that and doesn't. Harsh? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, even though I'm doing this with you, like I'm writing down little notes to myself right now about just how I'm going to incorporate some of this into some upcoming conversations I'm going to have. Like, so then really let's powerful. go to your question of, yeah. of you know, the, the courage it takes to believe in high expectations. The brave believe. They, they don't despair. They're not cynical. They're not the, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks that are offering all the criticism. Mm-hmm. They care. They think there is stuff worth dying for. They know that life has problems, but would rather be part of the solution than a bystander. Um, I, I love history, and I know we started off with John Adams. Uh, if we're you've ever jumping all over the place, yeah. Here. But but now we're back to the, <laughs> if you've ever studied the lives and deaths of those who signed the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Like, they gave everything. They believed in everything for this Declaration of Independence. But Benjamin Rush wrote to John Adams of the thoughtful silence as they signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing that as they put their lives on the line, like... England's going to see every one of their names, right. and that's who they're going to come after. <laughs> right. And and there's no progress without yeah. risk, right? I mean, it, don't don't live as a coward. Put yourself in positions that that demand you take intelligent risks. Um, I, do you remember a couple of annual meetings ago? I I think it was the Ubuntu one where mm-hmm. I talked about the marshmallow challenge. I, I do remember. And I, I talked about how lawyers and business grads they awesome, did yeah. poorly, and kindergartners did really well. Yeah. And and you 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 know ask the question, well, why why did they beat the business or the law students while they were analyzing things to death? <laughs> the kids were willing to go make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They, they said, let's just go, okay, that failed. Let's try, try something else. Yeah. Let's find, they weren't afraid because if you're dis, not, if you're not deciding, 
Mm-hmm. Just think about it. You're you're really deciding not to decide. <laughs> to 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 say to say, oh, I'm too afraid to make a decision. You're still making a decision. Right. Right. You're exactly. deciding on the to status quo. Yeah. Yeah. You're deciding to let other people decide. Right. So in the end, what we're really afraid of is consequences. Ooh. And because we're afraid of consequences, we keep deliberating. We, Matt, you know people, I know people that, that, uh, I, and I don't, I, you know, I, I give a lot of my weaknesses on here. I don't <laughs> think I have this weakness and it's analysis paralysis. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that, I've not that, seen that, that from you. People, yeah. um, they, they analyze things to death before making any decision and you lose the moment and, yeah. and the momentum. I honestly, the, we mentioned great by choice earlier. I sort of picture that like Scott, so the race to the South Pole, Scott and Amundsen. Amundsen does the 20-mile march. They're going to go 20 miles no matter the weather. I picture Scott huddled in his tent 17 miles away from their final place. Just crazy stuff. Hunkering down and and losing the moment because they're afraid to decide should we keep going. And that's where they die. You can just picture that breaking down just like that. Yeah, that that, that visual, Uh, that imagery has always stuck with me. In fact, let me say one more thing on that. There's a a former slave that that, uh, is well-known. His name is Vernon Johns. And okay. and you think I you know you try to imagine the the horrors of slavery and what people must have gone through and he said this he said everywhere I go in the South the Negro is forced to choose between his hide and his soul mostly he chooses his hide I'm going to tell him that his hide is not worth it uh, yeah I, that's, that's, that's yeah that's, that's yeah. <laughs> That's, that's yeah I, I love that that's that's crazy don't don't be afraid to have high expectations yeah um, and I think that that really means for yourself too it, it, it takes courage to gamble on yourself and um, yeah you, you risk failure and sometimes humiliation and uh, and that does seem to be one of the biggest fears looking stupid being humiliated I'm afraid of it uh, yeah no I <laughs> likewise uh, they say public speaking is one of the greatest fears um, and 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 I've I've seen that firsthand. Right? Yeah, I think that, a lot and of that leads to that. the joke, right? That that uh, public speaking is a bigger fear than death. That means at most funerals, people would rather be in the casket <laughs> than than up at the podium. I had not so, heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, this this was interesting. I learned yeah. this in the book. Okay. Theodore Roosevelt was the first president to invite an African American to the White House. Booker, okay. Booker T. Washington. Mm-hmm. So that's the first African American to go to the White House. But he really struggled with that decision. He knew it was right, right. But he worried, you know, what what others might think. And he, and and even though he knew it was the right thing, it is a struggle. I mean, I I you know I've quoted the Bible once. I'll quote it again. <laughs> There's a the story of Moses, and Moses is this guy that that ends up killing a guy and burying him in the sand and then fleeing. Mm-hmm. And then he's called back, but he's afraid to go back, not because he's afraid to go to jail. He's afraid what the people might think of him. And that's <laughs> such an interesting part right. of that. Um, you know, this, this whole idea, what would the Hebrews think? They're not going to want to follow me. That's how devastating the fear of what people think of us mm-hmm. is, and it immobilizes us. The, the Stoics would say that for all our selfish cares about ourselves, we seem to value other people's opinions about us more than our own. And they're saying, Why? Mm-hmm. If you're so selfish, why do you not just care about your own opinion right. of yourself? Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. it's it's kind of a you know a little bit oxymoronic. Or yeah, that is. A, 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 Epic, Epictetus is a freed slave, 
And he said, he, he said a lot, he said, if you wish to improve, be content to appear clueless or stupid. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah, no. That is, I don't like I looking foolish courage, or stupid. Yeah. I'm that guy in the class that when the teacher says, does everybody understand and I don't understand, I don't raise my hand because I don't want to look foolish. When everybody seems mm. to know what's going on, I don't stand up. I, okay, my natural instinct is to do the same thing. That's, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that does make sense to me <laughs> yeah. um, because we, we've got to be willing to be dumb uh, in order to progress, right? Um, it's the sort of why so many people have the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, like they're afraid to be themselves and open up and share because they're afraid people won't really like them. And, and it's interesting. When I first started working in a, a sort of a normal work environment like we're in, um, I went through that process myself where I, I had like a work Ryan persona. You that feel I like you're a fake, on. so yeah. you've got to act that and way. Eventually, and... I started <laughs> turning into the same person. But but think of this, the best relationships you have, those yeah. that you are really closest to, mm-hmm. they're the ones that you can be yourself with. That's very true. You can be most vulnerable with. That's, that's why the first battle we always fight is with ourselves. <laughs> This whole courageous thing. This is this is interesting. This is from the 1944 Army Life Handbook. Okay. It says, fear, before you're actually in the battle, is a normal reaction. It's the last step of preparation, hmm. the not knowing. This is where you'll prove you're a good soldier. That first fight, that fight with yourself, will have gone. Then you will be ready to fight the enemy. And they're, they're saying, you're going to go through this. You know, it, it, it takes courage yeah. to be able to stand up alone for what you think is right. But, and, and I think fear is contagious. Yeah, yes, I think it when is. You oh, see, absolutely is. But I think courage is contagious too. You, you have leaders. I've seen yeah, leaders go into facilities and just by virtue of changing the leader, things start to change because they see the courage in that leader. One person standing up gives courage to so many others. That's awesome. And, and look... Why does this matter? Because we're in an industry that is hard. We're yeah. in an industry that's failing. We're in an industry that has a horrible reputation. Yep. Sometimes people are even afraid to say, well, we work in the skilled nursing facility industry because they're almost embarrassed by it. But we've got to fight to change this reputation. We we won't do that by being normal. <laughs> no. The, the world needs us to be courageous and saying, yeah, you can say that, but that's not who we are and that's not what we do. So so let's dig into the one piece of our culture that, that really requires courage to live, um, but that's essential to live, yeah. which is crucial conversations. We have a lot of podcasts on these. No, we, we do. It. And, 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 that, and this applies to really everyone that's, that's listening to the podcast. Yeah. In order to live our model, we have to be willing to give feedback and share perspective with everyone, sort of. A, a real radical transparency, yeah. and and that <laughs> that requires a lot of courage. Yeah. So let me teach you some Greek. Okay. The Greeks have a word, and I'm probably not going to say it right, <laughs> but it's parisia, the, and it's it's the word that means perfect. the perfect. speaking of truth to power. Okay. Oh, so so Socrates was famous for this. No one could make him say or do anything that was alien to his character. To know the truth and not say the truth is to betray the truth. <laughs> but but we feel like, well, I can't say that. I mean, he's mm. the boss or she's the boss or right, she's our right. CEO. And, and, and for us to become great in our organization, we've got to practice this parisia, this speaking of truth to power. Mm. Gandhi was famous for this. Gandhi never had any authority. Mm-hmm. He had power because had people wanted to follow right. him, yeah. but he never had any authority. But what he said and who he was were in complete alignment. Galileo. 
as another example. He spent the rest of his life under house arrest after daring to assert the truth that the earth revolves around the the sun. Maniac. They said, deny it, deny it. And he said, I can't. I know it's true. And I mean, I would think, gosh, am I not saying, well, look, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in prison. Okay. Comes around (laughs) the earth. If that yeah. makes you guys happy, but he, but he couldn't do it. That's powerful. They, they all faced this, this thought of people won't like me or it won't make a difference mm-hmm. or maybe I'm wrong. So I won't say anything mm-hmm. or, or other self betrayal. We need people who are willing to say and stand up and say, no, I, that's not right. I'm not going to be a part of that. And, and that's a, I, again, I feel like a hypocrite in this one because I, I do, I know I choose to not be courageous too much. But but accountability, vulnerability, authenticity, transparency, all of those require courage. Yeah. And all of those, I think I'm I'm bad. But I, I, I can change that today. I can choose to live them. I can own what happens. No exceptions. Uh, leadership is hard and it has a cost. But but. You know, there's a phrase that says fortune favors the brave, <laughs> right? The right. brave, not the smart, not the fortune favors the brave and the bold. But, you know, yeah. the timing of it matters. I mentioned earlier, like early cowardice and inaction, I used Hitler as an example, led to a need for much more death-defying courage later that probably would have been easier earlier. So we've got to... You've got to choose to do hard things, but I've, I've always, I used to say I want to write a book called Life's Easier When You're Willing to Do Hard Things. <laughs> if, if I'm willing to work out and eat right, right and do a lot of things that are hard, it makes life easier. So how do you just be courageous? I mean, uh, you know, are we supposed to just pump ourselves up more to be brave? I'm and, brave. Let me, and let me ask you a, a, yeah. a question here, because this is, I love the example you used of this is not right. Uh, yeah. I won't be a part of it. And we need people to stand up and say that. Like, how, how do you do that? Right. Like if, if you're, if you're truly in a situation there where. There might be repercussions. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so Galileo like, <laughs> spent his life in prison. <laughs> he, he did. So how, I guess I'm curious and love for you to talk about how like, much does how the truth do do matter that? to yeah, you? Yeah. How, how much does it, I, you know, I, I really do love the podcast on atomic habits and, and, uh, I've I think you had a, yeah, there was a co-host you had on that, that was yeah. just seemed really powerful. So. <laughs> uh, episode 66 and 67. And in it, we learn that identity changes behavior. I've okay. had, I've had conversations with Scott Petty, a uh, uh, market resource out in Arizona, mm-hmm. and he's done like this own personal study of the power of identity. When you change how you identify yourself, how it changes your behaviors and what you believe determines what you do. Mm. Believe in yourself. Identify yourself as someone who only talks to people and not about them. Okay. Oh, I don't talk yeah. behind people's back. So I'm going to choose to, I'm going to have this hard conversation with you. I identify as someone who has the courage to share their perception and has the humility to accept that their perception might be wrong. That's such a critical hey, part of that. Yeah, too. because if you're just saying, well, I was courageous right. and they didn't I listen, said, yeah, you've you got to have the yeah. humility to say, well, you might be wrong, but it's still not wrong of you. It felt like you treated this person the wrong way. Tell me that I'm wrong. Help yeah. me to see what yeah. I don't see. I like that approach. Change your identity to one who to one who doesn't fail to stand up for what's right, even if you're standing alone. And then prove that identity with small wins. Okay, here's an opportunity. Yeah. They all think, I really think this is right, and I'm going to voice my opinion. People will laugh at you. <laughs> you will have repercussions. <laughs> I've, I've been laughed at. I'm, I'm not telling you that, that everything's going to be hunky-dory, but I am telling you that 
too few people exert their agency in the face of of scary moments. Okay. Right? We yeah. we, we wait and then we become victims, then we say, "Oh, there's nothing I could have done and there's no fear deprives you of power by making you think that you don't have any power." Mm-hmm. And and before I leave this, that's a, that's I, a great statement. Fear deprives you of power by making you think you don't have it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great statement. You've deprived yourself of power by not acting courageously. Yeah. And, and and there's a there's a type of fear or, or excuse me, a, a bravery and courage here that I, I think is important to mention. And and they call it heroism. And heroism, the only difference between courage and heroism is heroism is ex- exerting courage, but for someone else. Okay, that's cool. So, yeah, so, I like that. So, I mean, it's, cool. it's risking yourself for the benefit of someone else. This is the courage to do the right thing, even though we might not benefit from it. It's uh, I just listened to the um, uh, Hamiltons, and one of the songs says it's it's planting seeds in a garden you'll never get to see. I mean, you think about them that establishing this country, they never really right, got right. to see a post-Civil War country. <laughs> right. That's heroism. Planting a, a tree whose shade you'll never get to experience. I, I really liken this. So what? why am I bringing this up? We've got founders who refuse to cash out with the wealth that they could have cashed out on because they want this to grow. And and that's, in my mind, is is a heroism. It's a, it's, you, you, and again, you know, we know one of our founders has passed on and he never never will experience that cashing yeah, out. Yeah. Heroism comes in the form of developing other leaders who will do better than we did. Do I do I want this legacy to continue on? Do I want the person that replaces me so much so that, to be greater than I am so much yeah. so that I'm obsessed with succession planning or is my is my mentality an exit strategy? Yeah. That's, that's the opposite good, of heroism, good, right? That's that's, good, yeah, that's, that's doing point. being courageous for my sake. I want to be courageous for the people generations down who yeah. are going to be carrying on this legacy. And if we do that, then that heroism is in us. To to be a great cluster partner is heroism. I'm giving I'm walking away from my facility mm-hmm. to help you with yours. With yours yeah. And I think of who you I mean, again, I, I know I use the children example too much, but it's the one that's so I would not hesitate for a second to be a hero to my children. But would I hesitate <laughs> to be a hero to my cluster partners? Am I do I hesitate to make sacrifices so that they can be great? And and so that's why I just briefly wanted to mention heroism, because I do think it has a very important place in our model. No, that, that that makes sense. And I'm starting to see so much more how how living the core values really requires courage. Um yeah. just as you went down the list, really all the core values requires courage. Um and I can see how living this mission really is more about heroism <laughs> rather yeah. rather than selfishness. And in and in fact it feels like all of our core values require courage, like I just said. They 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 absolutely do and and uh I you know, I some of the core values I think in a mm-hmm. weird way that that the opposite of fear, we said apathy, you know, the, the, or the opposite of courage, courage. being apathy, right. right? The opposite of fear is is love one love, another. Yeah, I, I like That's that. That's that core value That's of love. I, 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 love <laughs> I love so much that I'm willing to sacrifice to benefit others. Mm-hmm. It, it Loving others makes us stand and fight for things that are bigger than ourselves. Totally agree It that. makes us have a mission. Yeah. So I guess, you know, as I, as I sort of sound off, I... 
What motivates you? Ask yourself that question. Are you constantly asking what more can you do for others or what more is in it for you? That'll tell you where you stand in courage and heroism. Courage and love leads to the, to the ownership question of what more can I do to help? Right. And a, a true owner doesn't say, hey, what more can you do for me? It's what more can I do to help? Love and courage are tied closely. Uh, and it's interesting. The root word for courage mm-hmm. is heart. So, oh, so Spanish says corazón and there's coraje, you know, and it's it's the it's the root word is heart. Heart is measured in our desire to bless others. Um, I, I, a couple of uh, Jackie Robinson, you know, j- obviously mm-hmm. lived a life of courage and mm-hmm. he said, a life is meaningless except for its impact on other lives. Uh, Florence Nightingale is, is known to be a hero because of what she did for others. Heroism. <laughs> yeah, it's a, ask, a heroism you know, it's how yeah. do I, how do I make that difference for others? And so as a leader, you can't sit in some ivory tower behind thick castle walls or, you know, to apply to us, you can't sit in your yeah, office. Yeah. You, you've you got to risk themselves for your people. You've got to step to the front. You've, you've got to make your courage contagious. I, you know, Lincoln said this at Gettysburg. He says, it doesn't matter what they said here. It matters what they did here. As a leader, right. it's not, you're not going to inspire them through fiery speeches. It's <laughs> right. going to be the example you set. Right. So I guess I'd just end kind of how he ends the book. If not now, when? If not me, then who? Mm -hmm. And he says, he says, we have a choice. We choose between cowardice and courage, virtue and vice. Courage calls us in our fear. Can you be brave? Who and what will you be brave for? The world wants to know. And that's how he sort of finishes this Go and be courageous. <laughs> that's yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't really have much to say to end on it because that's a, a great way to end it. Up, yeah, Let's no, go. I am. Come on. I am. Like no, we're in the locker I, I mean, room. great, great subject though, Clayton. Thank you really for spending the time to to talk about it and to to share the book. Hopefully, it's something that folks will get a chance to read and really. Um, Help give me some good, better, deeper understanding. And hopefully, about courage, people fear, will listen to these and, and think, okay, so how do I put this in action? Yeah, what yeah. are the practices I can put in place now that I know these principles? Yeah, and I, I hope so as well. So I, I certainly took plenty of notes while we were talking myself. <laughs> the subject is near and dear to me. So anyway, awesome. Thanks again, Clayton. All right, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.